Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. thankful and grateful tonight we thank you lord for your goodness we thank you for your love for your mercy we thank you lord for making way for us to be here to hear your word Amen. we are honored and we are grateful Amen. father we feel special that you have selected us to be here to teach us may we not live here the same Amen. let your word come forth Amen. and let it accomplish the purpose for which you send it. Let it not return to you void. We thank you, Spirit of God. We avail ourselves for wise counseling, for wise teachings, for wisdom. We give you thanks, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Clap your hands properly for the Lord. Wonderful. And you may be seated. Let me see that. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. Symbols from the prodigal son. Symbols from the prodigal son. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. Wonderful. Are you there? And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? and I perish with hunger, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion 
and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Hallelujah. And they began to be merry. Amen. Well, we've been sharing about the prodigal son. We've been sharing some symbols from the prodigal son. We've been sharing a lot of lessons from this particular story. And um, tonight, I want us to continue sharing. I think we began sharing, and we shared from this particular story, we shared about a far country, what it means to go to a far country. Hallelujah. We also shared about wrong and right decisions, didn't we? And we shared about the things that are in our hearts, the things that make us even make certain decisions, the things that come in our hearts. Tonight, I want us to share about the spirit of evil independence. The spirit of evil independence. The spirit of evil independence. Symbols from the prodigal son, the spirit of evil independence. Hallelujah. Now, independence in and in itself is not a bad thing. Independence is not a bad thing. But there is a type that is evil. There is a type of independence that is evil. And that type is always coming from the devil. That type of independence is always coming from the devil. Now you look at this boy in his father's house and all of a sudden he comes to his father and says, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. When the father is not dead, he says, give me the portion of my inheritance now. Give it to me now. Go back to that scripture. What verse is that? Is it verse 13 or verse 12? Verse 12. He says, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. Give me the portion of goods that followed to me. You just come to your father and then you ask him, give me my portion of your inheritance. I mean, think about it. Who in his right senses, who in his right senses, normal senses, will ask his father to divide the inheritance while the father is alive and give his portion to him? while the father is alive. Except that your mind is controlled by the devil. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen. 
except that your mind is controlled by the devil. You come to your father and say, divide your inheritance. Divide the inheritance and give me the part that falls to me. Do you understand what is inheritance? Or to inherit. To inherit. To inherit means what? What is the dictionary definition of inherit? To take over. <laughs> well, it's another meaning of inherit. It means to receive an heir at death of the previous holder. Do you understand? Isn't that what it means? To receive as an heir of, at the death of the previous holder. To receive property. To receive money. To receive goods as an heir that you are the heir to one who has died and you receive something which belonged to one who was alive before and who is not alive. So it means that this young man couldn't wait for his father to die. He couldn't wait for his father to die. I am sharing with you about evil independence evil independence. He could not wait for his father to die. And he has been in the house and he has observed. And when he look at this old man, the way the old man is now into gym and exercises, jogging in the morning, you know, now he started eating salad, drinking water, you know, eating fruits, when he observed these things and he looked at the, young, the old man, the way he comes, he realized that this man is not ready to go. He's not ready to go. With all the gray hair, the man is still, as his classmates have all passed, they have all gone. Some of them walking with sticks, you can see that they are just ready to fall and go. But he sees the way this man is going and coming. He's not ready to go. He knew that the man was not ready to go. So he comes to him and he did not even ask permission. If I can have it. If I can leave. He said, give me. Give me the portion of goods. Give me. Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. Give me. Not asking for permission. Give me my portion and I am gone. Give me my portion and I am gone. Now I am saying that the kind of independence that comes this way is an evil kind. It's an evil kind. It may look as though the thought just suddenly came to him or the idea just suddenly came to him and then he just woke up and he came to his father. But no. It has been a process. It has been a process. It has been a build up of thoughts. And ideas. Hallelujah. It has been a thought that has been building up for a while. It didn't just come. That he rose up and came to his father. And asked for his inheritance. Hallelujah. And as usual, 
when such thoughts are building up, when such thoughts are occurring to you and is coming to you and is forming up, it is intended or it has a purpose to bring you to an end of destruction. Its intention, its purpose is to bring you to a place of destruction whenever a thought like this are occurring to you. I believe every now and then some of these thoughts come to your minds also. You know, that something happens in the church that you are not happy about, that you make certain decision, I'm going to leave the church. I'm not coming again. You know, after all, this is not the only church. We know that we are not the only church. It's not a new revelation. It's not just happened. Do you understand? But I believe that every now and then, such thoughts come to you. And I'm saying that these thoughts, they come from the devil. They come from the devil. There is no home, no house where you will dwell, where you will not have a, a moment of offense. Or a period of something that happens that you do not like. In every group of people, or in every home, or in every society, there will be periods of time that you may encounter a situation or a condition that you do not like. But it is not intended to drive you out. When it comes with an intention to let you make a decision to go out, I am telling you that it is coming from the devil. It is coming from the devil. Hallelujah. Each time someone offends you, it comes. It comes. Perhaps this was what was happening to this young boy. Perhaps there were so many things that were happening in the house that he didn't like. He didn't like how he was the youngest one. That every time they sending him around. That they were treating him like a little boy. He probably didn't like that. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He probably didn't like the fact that the father can have a party when he wanted. But he couldn't. He probably didn't like the fact that he was made to go to a certain school. He didn't like the fact that he was made to go to church on Sunday. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So there may, there may have been certain things in the house that he did not like. And each time he encountered one of these things, he may have said in his heart, one day I'm just going to just leave this place. One day I'm just going to leave this place. One day I'm just going to leave this place. And as these thoughts continue to build in you, it will be made manifest. It will manifest itself. Hallelujah. You are not happy about certain restrictions. You are not happy about certain conditions. And the thought comes. You are not happy that you wanted to do this and they didn't make you do this. And the thought comes. You are not happy that they chose this person to do this instead of you. And the thought comes. Do you understand? And it keeps building up. And it keeps building up. And then one day, you're just going to rise up. So I am saying that it may look as if the younger of the son, the, the younger of them said to his father, you know, it didn't just occur to him that he woke up in the morning and he just came. But it was a thought that had been built up for a long period of time. And I'm saying these kinds of thoughts, they come from the devil. These thoughts occur in marriage also. It comes in marriage. Every time something happens, 
you say, I will leave. Every time something happens that you are not happy, I'm leaving. Every time, sometimes you don't say it aloud. You say, me, one day, I'm going to leave this person. One day, I'm going to walk out from this marriage. One, you see, it's like a cliff that you are playing with. And every time you run, you think you cannot fall. So you run to the cliff and then you come back. And then you run and then you come back. And then you think, oh, I can fall. And then you come back. But one day, you see, this is how the enemy builds the thought in you. One day you run to the cliff like this and it takes just a light touch to you like this and the enemy will just touch you like this. And then you fall over. He builds it in you. He builds the momentum. And he builds that energy for you to finally fall. And they come in a form of thoughts. Hallelujah. Now, I want to suggest to you that the thoughts that the devil brings to you, they don't come packaged in an evil way. The thoughts that the devil brings to your mind, they don't come looking like an evil thing. Sometimes they come with very good reason. They come very justified. And they come very pleasantly. They come in a very beautiful form. They come in a very friendly form. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? The devil does not visit you when he's bringing the thoughts. He doesn't visit you with horns on his head and mouth full of fire. If you are in your apartment and you see a bat, a bat flying in your apartment, (laughs) you see, some of you will begin to look for your anointing oil. Isn't that so? You will say, this one is a devil. (laughs) You will say, I identify you. You will say, as for today, I have seen you. (laughs) Eric, isn't that so? And you begin to grab your anointing oil, holy oil, sprinkling your home and your apartment. You begin to speak in tongues. You see? You say you don't have the gift of the Holy Spirit. That night you will get the soul. True or not true? You begin to speak in tongues. In fact, you probably may not sleep all night. You will have an all night speaking in tongues. And casting out devils and demons. And driving them out. Isn't that so? And if the bat, if the bat opens his mouth to begin to speak, (laughs) if the bat says, pack yourself and leave this marriage, pack yourself, pack and leave this marriage, how many of you will obey? You will obey.
how many of you would think this is the voice of the devil to displace me he comes in the form that enemy he comes in the form of nice things that which you can trust he comes in the form of that which you can relate to do you understand some of you even when you see a little spider in a corner you begin to cast out demons a little spider in the corner that you say ah, but I saw the spider here how come it's not there you see you begin to speak in tongues you say this one is the devil chasing spiders but he comes in a nice package he comes in a very friendly form hallelujah second corinthians chapter 11 and verse 12. second corinthians chapter 11 and verse 12. it says but what i do that i will do that i may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion that wherein they glory they may be found even as we do you understand the scripture or you don't understand the scripture <laughs> you don't understand the scripture paul is preaching you see it's not always that you go to church that you understand the message he says but what i do what I will is what I will do. That I may cut off occasion from them which desire the occasion. It means that the opportunists, the people who are looking for certain occasions to deceive you, I will do the things that I'm doing to cut them off. Do you understand? He's a shepherd and he has responsibility to the sheep. Let's read there. Um, NLT or NIV so that the people will be at ease. He says, but I will continue doing what I've always done. This will undercut those who are looking for an opportunity to boast that their work is just like ours. That their work is just like ours. That their work is just like ours. That means that it's not the same. Do you understand? But they make it look like just like ours verse 12 these people are false apostles these people are false apostles they are false apostles do you understand he says these people are false apostles they are deceitful workers hallelujah deceitful workers that means they are working. They are workers, all right. But they are deceitful. You see them as hard-working people. You see them working as if they are working for the Lord, but they are deceitful. Deceitful workers. Who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. That means they are not easily identified. They disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. And when you look at them, they look like apostles of Christ. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? When you look at them, they look just like the apostles. They speak like the apostles. 
They read the scriptures like the apostles. They do the work like the apostles. But they are deceitful workers. I am showing you something very important. You see, the enemy will not come to you in bulls and in fire. The horns are sticking out so that you identify and you say, this is the enemy. This is the bat. This is coming from the devil. Do you understand? It doesn't come like that. So look, verse 14, it says, but I'm not surprised. It says, but I'm not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Satan, he disguises himself as an angel of light. Hallelujah. So Satan does not come to you as demon that you run away from. He doesn't appear to you as something that will be obvious to you that this is the devil. He will come to you as an angel of light. In a disguised form. He comes to you in a disguised form as an angel of light. Something that you will accept. Something that you will welcome. Something that you will appreciate. Something that you will entrust, you will trust and embrace. Is, something, is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? He says, that is how he comes. He says, but I am not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Verse 15. So it is no wonder that his servants also disguises him themselves as servants of righteousness. The servants of who? Who are they that disguise themselves as servants of righteousness? Servants of Satan. Servants of Satan. So I am sharing with you that there are servants of Satan that disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Servants of Satan. They are agents of Satan, but they look like servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. In the end. Hallelujah. So Satan does not come to you in an obvious form. So when the thoughts are coming, they come in a form that is acceptable, in a form that is reasonable, in a form that is sensible, in a form that is coming from a reasonable person. Do you understand what I'm sharing? First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33. First Corinthians 15 and verse 33. It says, do not be what? Do not be what? Are you reading with me? Let us read it together. One, two, three, go. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 15:33. It says, do not be deceived. Evil communication, evil relationship, evil communication corrupts good manners. Evil communication corrupts good manners. So it means that no matter how good you are, no matter how righteous you are, no matter how moral you are, if you continue to communicate or relate to an evil person, you will be corrupt. 
If you continue to entertain communication from an evil person, you will be corrupt. You will be corrupt. He says, do not be deceived. Don't think I know what you are doing and I'm, I, know, I, I know what I believe and I know what I am. Do not be deceived. Evil communication corrupts good morals or corrupt good manners. Amen. Evil communication corrupts good character. Someone with a good character, if you continue to communicate with someone who has evil mind, your character will change. Do not be deceived. Your character will change. Your behavior will change. Do not be deceived. This is the Bible. And that's what I'm sharing from. And let us believe it. If you continue to relate with someone, it says evil communication. When you continue to relate with someone who is a gossiper, someone who is always gossiping, someone who is always gossiping, talking about people, if you continue to relate with a person like that, you will become corrupt. You will become the same person. You will become the same person. He says, do not be deceived. That is why you don't entertain certain conversation. That is why I said, you see, don't entertain it. Because you will be corrupt. You will be corrupt. Don't sit in certain cars. There are certain rides that you have to avoid. There are certain houses that you have to avoid. There are certain phone calls that you have to avoid. Don't be deceived. If you continue on like that, if you continue communicating like that, you'll be corrupt. You'll be corrupt. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you understand the scripture? I don't think you really understand the scripture. You don't really understand the scripture. Do you have the International Standard Version? The ISV? If you don't have it, say, I don't have it. The International Standard Version. Do you have it? No, 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 no. Let me read it for you. The International Standard Version says, who has it? ISV. Okay, I'll read it for you. It says, Stop being deceived. Wicked friends lead to evil ends. Stop being deceived. Stop being deceived. Tell your neighbor, Stop being deceived. Stop being deceived. Wicked friends lead to evil ends. When you have a wicked friend, your end is an evil one. It, he will or she will lead you to an evil end. Wicked friends lead to evil ends. You see, one of the meaning of wicked, one of the meaning of wicked, when I look it up, it says intended to or capable of harming someone. Intended to harm someone or capable of harming someone. Now, if a friend is wicked and he's capable of harming someone, then he's capable of harming you. 
Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? A wicked friend, they bring evil thoughts. And its intention is to bring you to an evil end. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you so far? So communication or relationship with a wicked friend is intended to destroy you. It is intended to destroy you. Entertaining communication from the devil is intended to destroy you. The intention is to harm you because he is capable of harming you. He's capable of harming you. He can make you leave your place of blessing. That communication can lead to driving you away from a place where you are blessed. It can lead you to a place where you will run away from a good marriage. Evil end. Communication with the evil friend can lead you to finally decide to live a good marriage. To live a good relationship. Evil communication. It can make you live a real good friend. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? That evil communication can lead you, it can bring you to a place where you live good counseling. A place of good counseling. Evil communication intends to take you away from that. Evil communication intends to take you away from a good church. And a good pastor for that matter. Evil communication. And I have seen that happening to many people that they communicate 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 with an evil person and in the end they leave they leave and I have observed that these people when they leave their end is destruction their end is destruction their end is destruction somebody called a church member who has left the church and the person is miserably crying. Cannot even go to church anymore. Miserably crying. But it is through evil communication that made the person decide that I cannot be here anymore. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? When someone who sounded so friendly and caring when that person appears to Eve and appears so caring and appeared so loving and so concerned, when that person appeared, the plan, the goal, its intention was to drive her family, remove her family from a place of joy, from a place of peace, from a place of blessing. But it came in a very nice conversation. In a nice conversation. And it is disguised. It is disguised and it looks like the apostles of Christ. And so it interprets the scriptures and it, say, it repeats the scriptures to you and it questions you about the scripture. And it sounds like the apostles of Christ. He says, had God really said you should not eat this fruit? But his intention is to drive you away from the garden of Eden. That is the goal. That is the goal for this conversation. To take you away. Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew chapter 16. You have to identify that this is intending to remove me from my place of blessing. 
You see, when I mentioned about the bat, and I said the bat appears in the apartment, and how many of you agree that you begin to speak in tongues? Honestly. Even if it was in a dream, you woke up, you begin to speak in tongues. But you see, a conversation like this, you will not begin to speak in tongues. And say, Masharabakata, this is intending to drive me away. You, you will not begin to speak in tongues. You will sit well, you will take a chair. And you say, now begin from the beginning and tell me. Matthew chapter 16. And let's read from um, verse, um, verse 21. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. It says, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Hallelujah. What a great revelation. That is revealed only to a very special group. He says, he began to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. This is the purpose of God's plan. This is the whole purpose of salvation. And he has laid this plan to his disciples. The next verse. Then Peter took him, took him, and began to rebuke him. Look, I am showing you about the devil and how that you have to identify that thoughts that come to you. You know, when Jesus was being tempted, it was not the devil looking like fire and horns. That do you understand? They were thoughts. That were coming to him. That, ah, are you not the son of God? You are hungry. Are you not hungry? You have fasted for how many days? 40 days. Are you not hungry? Is it not, is it not reasonable that if you are the son of God and you have fasted for 40 days and you are in the wilderness and there's no cooking, is it not reasonable to turn some stones into bread? Sounds good. It sounds good. You see, they are nice thoughts. Is it not nice that, you know, for going through all the suffering, that you are going to, your name is going to be above all names here on earth, in heaven, underneath. And if someone comes and says, you don't need to go through all that suffering. Just bow for a few minutes. And all these things that you came for, I will give them to you. Do you understand? So you see, great spiritual moments, great spiritual things, expect the enemy to come in. When it comes to great spiritual breakthroughs, 
expect the enemy to come in. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It says, Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto thee. This will never happen to you. Come on. We will not sit here and let these things happen to you. Then we are not real disciples. Then we have not followed you for anything. Then we are not real fishermen. Do you know? Look, we will not sit down and let them treat you like that. You see, and that is what the enemy does. You, you should not be sitting in this house let them treat you like a little girl, like a little boy. Are you not grown? Look at your brother. You are almost like him. Don't you wear the same shoe size? Don't you wear the same clothes? You are old enough. Can't you just leave and go? Pack yourself and go. After all, you can be on your own. Your father is rich. The inheritance, half on half, half of it will come to you anyway. Whether he's alive or he's dead, is yours. Take it and go. Why do you have to stay in the house and let them treat you like that? Why do you let them handle you like Why do you sit there and let a little boy be talking to you like that? Have you not been a Christian for many years? Have you not done this? Didn't, have you not done this? Have you not been in a church for so long? Why would you let this little boy, why would you let this pastor that just came here treat you like that? And then the thoughts were occurring to him. Do you see? And the thoughts were occurring to him. And this is how. So, you see, they sound very nice. Lord, we will not sit down for them to treat. And he, he addressed, you see, it is like rebuking him, but it was like very concerned person. He took him on a side. He took him on a side. That, you know, I don't even want, this is embarrassing. That the other disciples will even hear that you are talking like this. Lord, please. Ah. He says, be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not happen to you. This shall not happen to thee. You don't like what I'm sharing. <laughs> I'll move on. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Why would you sit in the church, let them treat you like a puppy? They send you here, they bring you, bring you, bring you, go here, go there, go there. Are you not a grown man? Pack and go. You can't even start your own church. You can't even start your own church. Take all his messages. Go and just start preaching them. It's a church. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So, you see, then it builds you up. It builds you up. It builds you up. And it comes from a very concerned person. But look at someone who looks into the spirit. He says, the next verse, but he turned, he turned, and said unto who? And said unto who? The concerned friend, the concerned disciple, the one who seemed to love him. The one who seemed to be concerned about him, he turned to him and he saw that this is not an ordinary person talking. It is not Peter's voice I am hearing. This sounds very nice, but this is not Peter. It sounds like it, but it's not Peter. And then he said, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou severest not the things that be of God but those that be of men. Hallelujah. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? 
Let's read that from the New Living Translation. Go back to verse 20. Was it 22? Verse 21. Verse 21. It says, For when, for then, or said, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly. Look at that. Plainly. It's like, now I don't have anything to hide from you. You ought to know. You ought to know. And you would expect spiritual people to really receive it. Do you understand? So he says, he began to tell the disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he will suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law. He will be killed, but on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. What victory! What victory! That which was about to transform Christianity forever. That which was going to be the basis of Christianity. And he revealed to them. Then the next verse. It says, but Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. For saying such things. Look at that. For speaking like that. Someone is revealing this. This is, this is ancient, ancient information. Before the world began, how God had laid a plan, and I'm bringing it to your attention, and this is how you handle that I'm talking this way. He says, You reprimand him for saying such things. He says, Heaven forbid. He probably might that, Lord. <laughs> he put his hand, finger, he says, Not on, not on. To cut on my dead body. No, the fear. Let this bypass you. He says, "Heaven forbid, Lord." He said, "This will never happen to you." Do you see? This will never happen to you. That means that you will never fulfill the promises of God. This will never happen to you. You will not die and rise again on the third day. This will never happen to you. I'm talking about the devil's thoughts that he brings to us. And sometimes through a very good friend, Sonia. Sometimes through a very good friend. The next verse, Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You see, we don't talk like this to our friends. If your friend is having a conversation that is going to drive you away from the church, you don't talk like this to him. That you, you are a dangerous trap to me. You want me to leave this church. <laughs> we don't talk like that. Is that how we talk? When you are sitting in your cars and they are gossiping, is that how you talk? Listen, get me off. Let me get off here. Let me get off even before I reach home. This is a dangerous trap to me. It's a trap that is going to take me away from the church. A trap that is going to take me away from my relationship with the pastor. A trap that is going to take me away from my relationship with my church members. You should say, get, get me off now. Now, stop the car. Let me get off. 
Because I believe that if you are in the car and as the person is driving and a cobra just shows up in front of the steer and the person is driving comfortably and is still talking, you will look at the person differently. <laughs> or as you, are, as you are sitting at the back, when you look at the driver's head, the head looks... <laughs> The head, ah, when you close your eyes, you open your eyes, it looks like a cobra. That is talking. And then you close your eyes again. You can't believe it. You can't, won't you say, get me off? Let me get off here. As the person is driving, he says, you know, today they're preaching. Do you know that they were talking about you? And you are listening. You see, you are listening. But when you look at the person's back, the head tends to be like a cobra. You change your mind about the ride. You say, I the one that said I'm going to go up city, but I'm getting off. I'm getting off at the, um, the highway. <laughs> you say, Oh, we have a few minutes. You say, get me off. Here, here, get me off. He says. He said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not God's. Did you hear that? He says, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not God's. Now, when things pertain to spiritual things when things pertain to spiritual things and you begin to look at them from a human point of view understand that satan has entered into you whenever you look at spiritual things and you begin to view them and analyze them from a human point of view satan has entered into you he said you are he says Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are... Why did he identify him as Satan? Because he was seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. When he was sharing powerful spiritual things with him, now he is viewing things from a human point of view and not of God. When it pertains to spiritual things, and you analyze them, and you look at them from a human point of view, Satan has entered into you. Hallelujah. When a younger person is preaching to you and is opening the Bible and sharing with you, and you are sitting there, and you are remembering in your heart, and you are saying, when did you also come? When, when, when have we been here, and you are just doing, when did you, understand that Satan has entered into you. When things pertain to spiritual and you begin to analyze things from a human point of view, such as, we, I, I, I am older than you. I have been here longer. I have done this before. And I know this better. Than, and understand that Satan has entered into you. Satan has entered into you. Judas commented about honoring Jesus. When they, someone was performing a spiritual thing, he analyzed them from a human point of view. 
that we can sell this and buy so much for the poor. When you analyze spiritual things from a human point of view, Satan has entered into you. And Satan entered into Judas when he started analyzing spiritual things from a human point of view. Hallelujah. Humanly thoughts about spiritual things are devilish. Did you hear me? Humanly thoughts about spiritual things, they are devilish. They are devilish. They are devilish. James chapter 3. James chapter 3 and verse 15. James chapter 3 verse 15. It says, This wisdom descended not from above. This wisdom, when feelings are involved, when things pertaining to the earth are involved, when it is being analyzed with our feelings, with age, with how old, with how long, with gender, why a woman is standing in front of us and sharing? Why is a woman leading us in this? Why, when you begin to analyze like that, he says, this wisdom descended not from above, but it is earthly. It is sensual. And it is devilish. Devilish. When you analyze spiritual things from a human point of view, it is devilish. He says, this wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly. It is earthly. When and it's sensual, that means it is natural. Natural. It is, I am, more, I am prettier than you. Why did they choose you? I speak better than you. Why did they choose you? Do you understand? I am older than you. Why did they choose you? I can run faster. I am younger than you. Why did they choose you? When you begin to analyze spiritual things, I'm talking about spiritual things. So when we are doing things pertaining to the spirits, when we are doing the ministry things and you bring fleshly analysis in it, the devil has entered into you. The devil has entered into you. The next verse, verse 60 says, for where envying, you see that is when these things come in. For where envying, and strife. No, we will not agree. No, we will not let them treat us like that. No, we will not sit down and let them treat me like a little boy in this house. No, I cannot stand this behavior anymore. No, when you begin to analyze things like that, why? I can oh, take my inheritance and leave. I can take my portion and also go. He says, when there is envying and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. Confusion and every evil work. Verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Pure. Then peaceable. You see that after you have analyzed what is happening is peace. There's no confusion. It's peaceable. Gentle. And easy to be entreated. Full of mercy. Full of mercy. He says, oh, I believe he made a mistake. I believe that is not what he intended to. Make excuses. Full of mercy. 
full of mercy. I believe that is not what he meant to say to me. Full of mercy. And good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. There is no disguise. When the wisdom is from above, there is no disguise. Hallelujah. So evil independence is not from God. Evil independence is always from the devil. When you attain independence in a manner like the prodigal son, it is always from the devil. And the destination is a destructive one. The destination is always a destructive one. That is why God always sees us as sheep. God always looks at us as sheep. Sheep who always depend on a shepherd. Sheep that is always depending on a shepherd. Sheep can never survive on their own. The sheep can never survive on their own. The sheep is unlike the snake. The sheep is unlike the deer. The sheep is not like the leopard. The sheep cannot survive without a shepherd. Hallelujah. And God always likens us to sheep. There is no way in the scripture that God likens us to snakes or to deer. We will need the wisdom of the snake, but as depending and as likening us to be conformed to his word, he likens us to the sheep. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So the sheep can never survive on its own. If the sheep can never survive on its own, then who do you think will want the sheep to be independent? Is the one who wants to destroy the sheep. The one who wants to destroy the sheep is the one who wants the sheep to be independent. So he's the one who will feed the sheep with the thoughts to be independent. Amen. Amen. The devil knew that if he could only get this young boy to leave the father's house and not depend on the father anymore, he can destroy him. He can destroy him. And we saw his results. We saw the results. In the eyes of God, you are a sheep. I said, in the eyes of God, you are a sheep. I am a sheep, and you are a sheep. I depend on you, and you depend on me. We ought to depend on each other. And God has made us such that we cannot be on our own. Without you, I am not a pastor. Have you not realized that? And without a pastor, you are also not a sheep. There is no church if there is no pastor. So we depend on each other. Amen. Amen. John chapter 10 and verse 11. Let's read Matthew chapter 9 verse 36 first. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. It says, Matthew, Matthew 9 and verse 36. I begin to... But when he saw the multitudes, when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as what? Sheep having no shepherd. You see, it is the one who sees that the sheep needs shepherd. He's the one whose heart was moved with compassion when he saw them. I believe that the people themselves, they didn't know that they were scattered like that. 
They didn't know that they were up to destruction like that. They were just coming. Do you understand? So, Jesus knows that the sheep without shepherd, they are scattered. They are destroyed. They faint. And so, he has compassion on them. Whenever he sees that the sheep is without a shepherd, his, his heart goes out to him. That is why the scripture says he will leave the 99 and he will go after the one sheep that seems to not have a shepherd. He will go after him to bring him back to the flock so that the shepherd can watch him. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. His heart, the reason why his heart went out for them, the reason why he had compassion for them was he realized that there was no shepherd. They were scattered as sheep having no shepherd. That means there was no one, no one to stand in. There's no one there. And so the next verse, the next verse says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. That means we need more shepherds. We need more shepherds because without them, the sheep are scattered. Without them, the sheep are scattered. Hallelujah. John chapter 10 and verse 11. John chapter 10 and verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. The good shepherd, what does he do? Giveth his life for the sheep. Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. If Jesus gave his life, he gave his life for sheep. He gave his life for people who are considered as sheep. So if you are not a sheep, then you are not born again. Then Jesus did not give his life to you. Jesus did not lay down his life for you. He laid his life down for them that are sheep. And he intends that as long as you are a born-again Christian, you will always be a sheep. You will never be independent. Hallelujah. You will never be independent. No matter how old you are, no matter how long you have been a Christian, no matter how old you are, you will always be a sheep who depends on a shepherd. You know, Papa Hagen, before he died, in the 80s, in his late 80s, mid-80s, he, he had retired, and he was now not the pastor of the church anymore. Do you know that? His son was the pastor. His son was now the pastor. And so, on Sunday in the church, his son was at the pulpit preaching. And he is not sitting with the pastors on the, on the stage. He is sitting in the congregation and he's taking notes. No matter how old you become, listening to the shepherd and writing notes. You may be very old, but you will only be an old sheep. You will never be an independent sheep. Hallelujah. God never intended that you be independent. He never intended that you be an independent sheep. Amen. Anything that attains or fights for independence prematurely, anything that fights for independence prematurely is bound for destruction. Anything. 
It's bound for destruction. When you want prima, you, you, I can't be contained like that. I can't be controlled like that. I want independence. Anything like that, you are bound for destruction. I'm telling you. You see, when a woman is pregnant, when a woman is pregnant and the baby is in the womb, you see, it comes to a stage where the baby now has legs and hands and eyes and head and the heart and all these features. And when you look at them on an ultrasound, they look like a full human being. And perhaps the baby is maybe like six months. Do you understand? And it's a full human being. And when you look at the baby, the baby is all crumpled. A full human being with hands and legs, but it's all crumpled and coiled in this small area. Do you understand? And if the baby begins to fight and say, I have to come out. This place is too crowded. It's too, I, I, I'm a fully grown baby. I have, to, I have eyes. I have legs. I have feet. I need to come out. It's too dark here. There's no light. Why should I be here when they're all enjoying the light? I have to come out. I have to come out. I'm ready. I think I'm ready. I'm ready to come out. No, 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 no. You're not. Stay for a while. No, no, no. I'm ready to come. If the baby forces to come out, at the time that is not ready, it is called a premature delivery. And that child suffers. Suffers. Premature independence. When you attain independence, you don't want to depend on placenta feeding and this small area and fluid and swimming, you are tired of it. It's too restrictive. They are controlling us. They are restricting us. Why can't we be free? And you come out, you suffer prematurely. You suffer. There is a time that you will come out. And even then, you're still going to depend on someone. I say you become a sheep, but you will always depend on a shepherd. Even then, you still need someone. You still need someone to feed you, someone to bathe you, someone to clothe you, someone to put warm clothes on you when it's cold, someone to take the clothes off. Though you feel this hot, but you can't take the clothes off yourself. Someone has to do that for you. And then you get to a stage where now, you see, when you are at a certain stage, where you put them, they will stay there until you come back. If you don't come back, they will still... And that you still need someone to restrict your movement and say, you can't row beyond here. You can't go beyond this. You are going to get hurt. Someone has to continue to restrict you. You will continue to be dependent on a shepherd. Then you get to a stage where you are able to walk. Still, we have to control how far you walk. Because you can get hurt. When we allow too much independence, when we allow independence when it's not due. You see, you get to a certain stage where you don't need someone to put the food in your mouth. You can put the food in your mouth. Do you understand? You can feed yourself, but you cannot do whatever you want. You can go where you want. You will still need a restriction. And if you take that by force and you say, I want to be independent, 
I want to be independent. There's a stage where you are also now ready to even be pregnant. But if you say, no, I want to be pregnant now. Now. You say, give me the portion of good that falleth to me now. I want to be pregnant. Why is it only you and daddy are enjoying? <laughs> I, want to, I want to also enjoy. You see, I want to enjoy if you begin like that, you realize that it will lead you to a place where it can destroy you. And sometimes the enemy feeds you and says, you are grown. You are grown. You can be independent. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Evil independence, it leads to destruction. Every stage, every stage, you are going to depend on someone. There will be a state. You cannot be, you cannot, are you not sitting down here as I'm preaching to you? You can never outgrow that. Even when you become a bishop, you still will need that someone will teach you also. You can never outgrow that. Amen. You can never outgrow that. There's a period where they gather all the pastors. They gather all the pastors in a place and they teach you also feed you, preach to you as congregation. The whole church, the whole congregation, they are pastors. Pastors. And another stands to teach them. You will always be a sheep. As far as God is concerned, you will always be a sheep. Evil independence, it leads to destruction. Hallelujah. It leads to destruction. Our time is up. Put your hands together and stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. to begin to pray and ask the Lord. There are certain thoughts that have occurred to you before. Sometimes they came from good friends. Caring friends. Friends that seem to care. Sometimes very reasonable analysis. But humanly analysis. When it comes to spiritual things, they are devilish. He says, you separate not the things that be of God, but of man. Separate not. You do not entertain the things. You do not analyze things from God's point of view. And that is just it. He says, Satan has entered into you. He says, get thee behind me. Sometimes the voice may be that of a friend, but it's coming directly from Satan.
the spirit of discernment was to discern evil thoughts, evil minds, evil suggestions, evil communication. Give us the spirit of discernment in the name of Jesus. The spirit of discernment. Jesus, why don't you lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. If that is your prayer, lift up your hands and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful and grateful. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation. We pray, Lord, that you cause us to continue to walk with you give you glory and we give you honor in jesus name amen amen why don't you clap for jesus as you take your seats we hope you have been blessed immensely by this message 
Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.